Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics, as well as self-improvement. If you want to find out more about me, visit my website, jake-parker.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast. Today's episode is called How I Got Below 10.5% Body Fat and the subtitle is 10 Uncommon Fat Loss Tips. So I've talked about recently the fact that I underwent a phase of fat loss about mm, two and a half months I would say and I really focused in and dialed in my diet and training in order to most effectively go about reaching my goal of losing body fat. Specifically, my original goal was to get below 10%. I wanted to be in the single digit body fat range, which I have never been in before. But towards the end there, when I reached my deadline, which is something I'll go into further, I was not quite there, but I just felt like I was so ready to be done with these low calories and the other things I'll talk about that go along with the fat loss emphasis that I had done a good enough job. And since I didn't have anything specifically that I was dieting down for, I didn't feel like that the number was as important as feeling like I had gone throughout the process and learned and reflected and really done a, done a great job overall. So anyway, I've often had conversations about weight loss and fat loss. And what I always say is it comes down to calories in versus calories out. Yes, that's correct. That's always at the end of the day what it comes down to. But there are so many variables within this equation that it is almost silly to look at it as something that is this simple or to look at it as the equation. Like I've said before, you might have heard me say that people aren't an equation. And, you know, we have psychology and lifestyle and gatherings and all sorts of other things that go behind our diet and what we eat. So I don't always like to approach it as, okay, how are we going to lower your calories? How are we going to up your activity? Even though, like I said, that's what we're aiming for at the end of the day. Interestingly, the first time I went through a true cut after delving really deeply into science-based, evidence-based fitness and workouts, nutrition for a good year or so, uh, I did go into a fat loss phase with this mindset of it's all about calories in versus calories out. I was big, like if it fits your macros, flexible dieting. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be easy. I just eat less calories than I burn. I stick to these calorie goals for a certain period of time and I'll lose fat. I'll get ripped. Not quite that easy because you run into things like, what are you eating? Are you eating things that are filling enough when you get these, these low calories? Are you managing your mindset and your psychology so that you don't feel uh, depleted and have and don't have good workouts when you're depleted. Are you thinking about the fact that uh, you have to plan around certain events around food? Are you thinking about when you're possibly going to get these huge cravings and possibly overeat on a day when you maybe have like a refeed planned, which is something I'll talk about. So all this stuff I'm going to try to touch on and expand on in these 10 tips, which start with number one, eat similar meals. For me, this one's really important and again, really pretty 
in contrast with the last time I tried to diet down to a low body fat. Cause like I said, the mindset was more flexible dieting, you know, if it fits your macros and I was kind of just mix and matching my, my macros. I mean, it was healthy food and it was a lot of whole nutritious foods, but it was also, you know, fitting in shit, fitting in desserts and stuff like that, that I wanted and really just ebbing and flowing uh, during my days of get, you know eating meals that were really different, eating a lot of different uh, meal timing, like scenarios and strategies. And so this time around, eating similar meals and eating at similar times really helped a lot because it introduced regularity for myself psychologically and physiologically. And interestingly enough, there is research that shows that your body automatically ups your satiety and downregulates calories. The more you eat similar things, eat similar foods, eat similar meals, so for me, I was basing my meals around my workouts around a carb source. And that was more or less the only carbs I'd eat uh, during the day, at least like over the 50 gram mark. I might have other meals with carbs, but it would usually be at least, if, it, if anything, like under 50 carbs, 50 grams of carbs. And I, I have been eating, or during this fat loss period, which is, which is now over, I was eating meat twice a day. Um, I was eating a lot of vegetables, a lot more than I normally eat, just because they have that fiber and they are just so high volume that you, they really go a long way in filling you up. So eating similar meals for a lot of reasons is a huge thing when it comes to prioritizing a stage of fat loss. Uh, the second tip here revolves around your workouts. And the second tip is train heavy. So one of the inevitable side effects of decreasing body fat is that the body will try to reduce muscle mass to slow down your metabolism to make up the difference. So the strategy here to prevent the loss of muscle mass is train as if you're really trying to build. Train heavy, train hard, train intensely. This is not to me the time to like go high volume, but really just to push that intensity and get those really hard demanding workouts. Uh, for me, I set goals where I would have one fun day a week where I'd kind of do whatever, but then I had three days I'd hit every week where I'd hit a heavy bench, a heavy deadlift, and a heavy squat on separate days, and then complement those with accessories along the lines of like chest. I would maybe do some shoulder or tricep accessories, like a push day. Uh, the deadlift would be like a pull day. I would do accessories for the back and some bicep stuff. And then on the squat day, I would also do a few more leg exercises uh, more taxing leg exercises. Like for the example, I would do lunges as opposed to like a leg extension or a leg curl usually, because that's going to bring in more of the muscle and be more calorically demanding. So you're getting more bang for your buck in those two ways, but really making sure that you're training hard and training heavy. I don't often take pre-workout, but during like the last month, month and a half, I was taking pre-workout almost every time I lifted because it, it was tough. It was hard. The workouts were grueling. I was really, really trying to up that intensity, like I said. And the less calories you eat, the more energy, sorry, the less energy you have from your food to designate to your workouts. So that's when I feel that the, the stimulant that these pre-workouts give me were, were especially needed. So another thing to keep in mind here, kind of like a side, a side tip along with this one is that going into a new diet, whether it be starting a bulk or starting a cut is a really good time to start a new training phase because whenever you start a new training phase and start some new priority, as far as your, your workouts, you're going to see the most change because it's the most different from what your body's doing. So you're going to see that quick adaption and reaction, the loudest muscle building signal, if you will. So that is another little side strategy in addition to the intense, the, the, the heavy 
training. And I, I did say heavy. And so again, that is keeping in mind like heavy weights, low reps. Most of the time I was below six reps. I was doing the heaviest weight that I could. And so that is super important. The third tip here, set cardio goals. So cardio is definitely important when you are at least getting towards the end of a cut. You can often start a cut not doing cardio just because it's not as hard to downregulate your calories you're eating from the food. But eventually it gets so hard to down, uh, bring down the calories you're eating from your food that you're going to have to up activity in another way, making sure that you have some cardio. I like LIS, which is low intensity steady state cardio, because it doesn't feed into uh, the recovery that I need to recover from my intense workouts, whereas high intensity cardio or even jogging does take away a little bit of recovery that would otherwise be be spent on helping you recover from these taxing weightlifting uh, sessions. So having a cardio goal, I set a goal of three times a week that I would walk for about a half hour to an hour and a half. This is a time when I listen to podcasts or put on an audio book. So it was pretty relaxing. I really enjoyed it. It was never something like a lot of times, you know, if you've dieted before and you've, you've had like high intensity cardio or jogging, you don't always look forward to it. You're like, fuck, I have to do this again. But with the walking, it finds, I find it's a lot more sustainable for the reason that it's just not taxing and you can pair something enjoyable with it. So the fourth tip here is have a deadline. I set my deadline for my fat loss goal. Uh, last Wednesday, I believe it was the 13th, I literally did set a specific day. This is really important because if you have a goal, you know, let's say in my context, if my goal of getting below 10% body fat was just that, get below 10% body fat. Well, if you don't have a deadline, you're going to keep making excuses. You're going to keep putting it off. You have to set a deadline. Uh, like I said, I was fine not reaching that below 10% threshold because I felt like I was overall successful with what I was trying to do. Um, but th that being said, I probably could have, well, I definitely would have upped the intensity of my focus on the goal had I been dieting for some sort of a competition or some sort of a, you know, photo shoot, something like that. Those are a couple common things that people diet down for. So having something like that as a deadline is appropriate as well. And it's probably going to be even more tangible and even more visceral of a uh, deadline that's going to push you than just a date. But definitely having some sort of set point is huge. So that's the fourth tip there. The fifth tip is eat mindfully. So during this time, I, which is not usually characteristic of me, but I ate every meal just about sitting down, just eating the food just being with my meal, with my food, trying to appreciate it as much as I could, because especially when you get towards the end of that diet, you're, the amount of food you're eating is getting lower, uh, you're, you're, down, you're bringing down your calories. And so during this time, I really wanted to be mindful of what I was eating and enjoy and appreciate my food. And so it was different from the way I usually eat. A lot of times I might watch something or listen to something or read something, not always, because I feel like that can be a negative pattern to get into if you always have to be like watching you know, or listening to something while you're eating your meals. But a lot of times I will. During this time, I really tried. I, I almost never had anything else going, anything else running, anything else I was focused on besides my food when I was eating my meals. And so that helped the food seem like it go, it, it went farther. It was more filling. Uh, I, I enjoyed the meals more and it was more sustainable that way. So eating mindfully is the fifth tip. The sixth tip, incorporate a refeed or diet break. So this is something I've been focused on learning more about lately. 
This is different from a cheat day. It's really, really important to note that this is different from a cheat day because this is a controlled up in calories. It's not just eat whatever the hell you feel like. That can really just totally ruin your progress. So a refeed or a uh, diet break, a lot of times it can be one day, but I would recommend that you wait like four to six weeks and make it like three or four days. So instead of having that one diet break day per week, waiting until you really feel the urge to want to eat more, you're getting hungry, your workouts are suffering, and you have this uh, reuptake of like three to four days per month instead of once every week. So what these incorporate is simply more or less eating at what your maintenance calories are. So you're eating in a calorie deficit when you're in the uh, fat loss phase and during these breaks you're just eating back at your normal level at your maintenance level so when you're doing this the body fills back up uh, it's glycogen stores in the muscles you kind of get that psychological break from dieting so this can be really helpful and like I said it's important to note that yes you can do this on like a weekly basis say like Saturdays I tend to eat more so Saturdays are my diet break day when I'm eating at maintenance calories but I like the idea more of just doing it once a month and doing it for three or four days in a row to really up those uh, up those hormones like leptin. Leptin is the basically a hormone that tells your body that it's full and then it doesn't need more food. And so having a strategic diet break or refeed can help get your leptin back up so you're feeling less depleted and less like you need food more food than you're eating. Uh, leptin is a pretty complex topic, but essentially, like I described it, it's just more or less uh, a hormone that tells your body that it's full. I'll link to a little bit more about leptin if you're curious, because it is something interesting, but kind of beyond the scope of what we're talking about right here. So I'll go into the seventh tip, which is to ditch protein shakes. So admittedly, this is kind of a clickbaity one right here. Basically, the reason I say to ditch protein shakes is because you should be really focusing on uh, substituting when you would normally have a protein shake for a whole food source of protein. This isn't to be like, this isn't a tip saying that you need less protein or anything like that, or to eat less protein. On the contrary, when you're cutting, that's the time of the year when you should be having the most protein because it helps with satiety and it helps with the muscle sparing benefits, which we, which we know about. Uh, that's like the main benefit behind protein. But the reason that you want to, ditch your protein shakes for whole food is because the whole food protein such as like chicken beef a lot of times it's meat that's what i try to go for because it's super filling but it's just all about that satiety and feeling more full protein shakes are more likely to run right through you and really not help a lot with satiety uh, they're more of that convenience where especially they can be useful when you're bulking and you're really not as as hungry so you really just care about getting that protein source in but during periods of dieting, during periods of eating lower calories, it becomes important to eat whole food proteins and not rely so much on protein shakes. The eighth tip I have here is have a time-restricted feeding window. So I've talked about intermittent fasting in the, in the past. It's not something that I think is inherently special or better than any other diet, but it really can help as far as feeling like you're getting the most out of your food. So for example, if I wake up at seven o'clock and I have my breakfast and then I have my lunch at noon and my dinner at six, well, if that's all my food for the day, I'm going to be really hungry in between and uh, leading up to these meals. So one way to combat that is having a time-restricted feeding window, practicing some sort of intermittent fasting. Again, not something I'm going to go too into the weeds with right now. Basically, if you want to just know like the simplest version would just be skip breakfast and have lunch be your first meal of the day and then eat 
in the afternoon. A lot of times, actually, interestingly, most people find that this is when they're most hungry anyway, more so than like first thing when they wake up for breakfast. And even if you do feel like you're someone who's like attached to breakfast, I have to have breakfast. Number one, it's always good to try things that you think you can't do to strengthen your resolve, to prove to yourself that you're you know, tougher than you think. That's kind of a more uh, high-strung way of thinking point. But I'm always surprised, and you would definitely be surprised as well. You can always adjust to something a lot quicker and a lot easier than you think. So if you're someone who's always been eating breakfast, try intermittent fasting for uh, you know, a month, maybe that first week kind of sucks and you miss having that breakfast. But after the first week, two weeks, you really will probably adjust and feel just fine. And uh, another tip here would just be having caffeine, coffee first thing in the morning can help curb that appetite. And if you are looking for further tips on, you know, how to make this easier, just getting important work done first thing in the day that you can really get in tune with, get focused on. And that can kind of help you know, time just fly where all of a sudden you realize, hey, it's lunchtime, you, you have your first meals and then um, eat however it's appropriate to you from there. But having a time-restricted feeding window is really helpful in this context. The ninth tip here, avoid artificial sweeteners. Now, I don't believe there's anything inherently wrong with artificial sweeteners, but something that is interesting about them is they can make you consume more calories because your body uh, gets these signals that it's receiving nutrients. That's my interpretation. And so a lot of times it can make you feel more hungry. It can make you feel the need for more food. So I think that they're something that should be cut out where you're really prioritizing fat loss because they are just not going to do you any good in terms of benefiting your satiety for the reasons I mentioned. And then the last tip here, number 10, is just be prepared for it to be a grind at the end. Know that uh, you have this deadline, like I said, so know that afterwards, well, it's not like you want to go crazy. That's another topic for another day, but you have to strategically end your cut, but you got to be prepared for it to be a grind at the end. That's my point here. You're going to be a little hungry. You're going to be a little lethargic. Your workouts are going to be tough. And depending on how extreme you get, if you really get into the low body fat, you're going to have things like mood swings and it's going to affect your libido and stuff like that. Most people don't have the goal of getting that lean. Whereas like, this is something that like bodybuilders run into getting ready for a show, but either way, it's going to get hard towards the end and just being ready for that. And it's like sort of a meta life skill where it's like just getting prepared for hard things and knowing that there's an end in sight and it's not always going to be this way. You're not always going to be hungry and lethargic. Once you get back into the swing of uh, a more, uh, maintenance sort of diet, you're going to feel great again. And so knowing that there's an end in sight and knowing that you're going to have to grind and accepting that is super helpful. Uh, just thinking about the mindset part here. So that's all the things I think I wanted to mention here. Uh, if you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer. And I hope to expand on this a little bit further on what helped me successfully cut because it's been the most successful period of fat loss ever in my life. So I want to help you guys to reach your own goals and to figure out how, how to apply this to you. And so, like I said, the best thing to do, if you're curious, reach out. Uh, if not, I will see you back here on the podcast soon. Hey, it's Jake again. If this podcast provided you any value, I'd encourage you to share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. In addition, it'd really help me out a lot if you would go and subscribe or leave a review for my podcast. It's super easy. 
And in addition, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love for you to reach out to me by email or Instagram DM, which can both be found on my website. Thanks.